Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No This episode of Misery Hunters is brought to you by Paisley Craft Beer Co. Paisley's Craft Beer Store is located in Silk Street in the town centre. There are hundreds of different beers on show for you to take away or even sit in and enjoy. Not only that, Sitmourn season ticket holders will get 10% off beer purchases on match days when you present a valid season ticket. That's the takeaway or sit in as well. You can click and collect via their website www.paisleycraftbeer.com That's www.paisleycraftbeer.com Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me today is Mark Jarden. Hello. And Andrew Christie. Hiya. The others are just not, they're just not bothered anymore. Like I don't even know if mm. Ross is alive. When was the last time he was on a podcast? I think um, Aberdeen have signed him on a pre-contract. Ah, that's what it is. He said he'd follow Goodwin whenever he went, so. That's true. So he's going on the Aberdeen podcast that randomly asked us to follow them back for a DM we followed them back, didn't DM us, and then unfollowed us. So maybe they listened to our show and went, mm, nah. Good guys. Uh, so I guess the point that we have to start with is we have a new manager, a new manager even. And after the amount of complete dross names, which will all be mentioned in this podcast, and maybe even name and shame some of the people who suggested them. And the dads. <laughs> and like the absolute tinfoil hat conspiracy theories that were floated about it was good to see that Jim Gillespie got his man and we've got Stephen Robinson in it's a handsome grey haired bearded man from the island of Ireland mm-hmm. what's what's not to like and as uh, David Nicol pointed out on Twitter his assistants get eyes that will give uh, Big Chebs a run for his money I mean I'm I'm, still on, true. I'm still on team Big Chebs but well We'll see. Is it, is yeah, it big Dermot instead of big Chebs? Is that what we're doing? Big D. Big D. 
Big D. Let's get that one rolling. <laughs> Welcome okay. to Misery Hunters After Dark. <laughs> for the Big D hour. Oh, I'm totally... If I ever meet him, I'm going to get him to just say a link for us. Going to just say a link, say, hi, I'm Big D, and you're listening to Misery Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll never be allowed back in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, Stephen Robinson, I think, um, kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I've, we first heard the rumours, like... Um, and then the next thing it was done, uh, I, after all the names that were, I, I generally thought we were going to go down the inexperienced sort of gamble route, but it looks like we've got someone who, you know, coming into the position that St. Murner in, it's, it's a really good appointment. Yeah, I think I kind of spent the weekend sort of making my peace with the fact that it was going to be between Brown and Naismith to the point where I was kind of happy with Stephen Naismith. Like, as, as of, as, the best of a bad bunch, but yeah, Robinson came totally out of left field, and yeah, I think it's a really, really strong appointment. Um, did a great job at Motherwell before kind of recognising it was time to go, you know, as as managers in their kind of third season in Scotland off, often do, you know, kind of managers maybe have a shelf life in the league, and it was good that he recognised that himself, uh, you know, so managers don't always do that, and um, yeah, he's kind of, he's, he's Stats speak for themselves. See, his, him and his um, re, uh, assistant, Bernard O'Carroll, took them to the League Cup final, Scottish final, in the, the same year. Uh, losing, was it losing both to Celtic? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, one, the, one thing that really I'm really optimistic about is his kind of form for bringing young talent through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've obviously got a reputation for having a very good academy at certain money, and I don't think we always. I was kind of use it to its, its maximum and uh, while at Motherwell Robinson brought through uh, David Turnbull, Alan Campbell um, and Jake Hastie as well so that could be something kind of going forward that he, he'll build at St Martin because we've got you know like Sir Dylan Reid at Queen's Park and uh, Kieran Offord like we've got the players there so if he he's got previous for kind of blood and youngsters I think that yeah really just really excited about where, where it's going to go I maybe remember his, the start of his time at Motherwell inaccurately and, and, and pull me up on it if I do but I seem to remember him coming in and trying to play quite a quite a pragmatic tough you know game just kind of trying to trying to almost kind of be the, the hard bastards of the league and, and kind of try and bulldoze your way through things and stop stop teams playing against you and then he was almost forced to bring in Turnbull, as you're saying, Turnbull, Campbell, Scott, and Cadden, and all the rest. He, he was kind of forced to play them, and once he, he knew he had them, he played to their strengths, and they played really good, fast-paced attacking football. From from what I can remember, I can remember them coming to to ours and just destroying us. I think maybe Scott scored twice that night, mm, and and they were honestly as impressive a team outside of of the big two. To have, to have came and, and played us off the park at, at home in the last um, however many years that is so I think um, what we're hopefully getting is the, the Robinson who realised that and then played to his strengths because I think you'll find once he gets to know the squad here that we've got that same potential in the group the same level of, of skill, technique the same quality I think of young players pushing through we've got guys who I would I would say under Goodwin despite some of the plaudits he got that we've maybe not made the most of, that we've not pushed on. You've got Reid coming on in for five minutes against Rangers and being the youngest player in the history of the the club and league. And then 
not really getting his chance. Other than that, a couple of starts where you know he really impressed. You know, I think we'll be talking about the the track back and then clearing out that Dundee United player for for years. Well, he, he looked like a very very cool head um, in the in the Celtic game when there was other young players around. I think there's there's so much potential there, and I don't feel like he should be sitting halfway in the team and halfway out the team at Queen's Park on loan when. Mm-hmm. We've had cause to play, you know, a thirty-four-year-old Ryan Flynn to, to deputise for people, or you know, we've got Gogic coming off the bench to replace Lee Irwin and, and whatnot. I think there's there's spots in that team that I think if if we were being a bit more a bit more ambitious with what we're doing and what we're trying to build, then we could have made a bit more of guys that were bloodied in that Celtic game before Christmas who who could be around the squad instead of some of the the dead weight which was obviously going to move on and I would hope that that's the Superman that Robinson's kept up on and that he's coming in to, to coach and, and we're going to see that and we'll have the benefit for that You, um, you mentioned um, sorry, sorry and I was just going to point, jump on the point about you mentioned about Dylan Reid that always kind of confused me because Goodwin said in many interviews and I think it was the Q&A night as well where he said um, that he was so excited about Dylan Reid and as soon as he turns age he's going to be in the first team and he's going to be round about it and this and that and then he never really it, like it never really amounted to much and you also mentioned um, about like Gogic coming on instead of Lee Irwin when you had a player like Kieran Offord who came in and impressed and then sent straight back out on loan again and then all of a sudden he's training down at Wigan like I don't know if that will amount to anything or not um, <laughs> But, Why is Erwin on the bench at that point? Yeah. If he's if he's not going to if you're not going to put him on in favour of a giant separate hard bastard of a midfielder, and and move things around like that, then why why is he taking up a spot on the bench? Why have you not got someone who's going to benefit from the experience of being around the squad and who, when you're pushed into a situation like that, you might turn to and give a chance because he was certainly the standout for me in the in the Celtic game. Some of the things he was doing and he, he scored an, an absolute rasper for his Sterling at the. Mm-hmm. At the weekend as well, twenty five yarder. They should be doing that for in first team training with us and, and pushing on. Mm-hmm. I think Jay Henderson's really the only one you would say under Goodwin who's got that chance, who's done well, and who's then been rewarded by being kept in the squad and getting repeated chances. And, and I just think there's a bit more that we could be taking from the the academy than that. Um, and and I would hope that the evidence that you saw from from Robinson at Fur Park and, and he used it to his advantage it wasn't doing doing that bringing those players in A made them a, a shitload of money when they sold Turnbull in the end and, and everything else but also if you're if you're using academy resources for to fill out first team slots then your budget's going to stretch further you're going to be able to sign first team ready players in key positions and, and really focus on on building something that's that's kind of ready to compete and push on and go for for top six all of that potential, I think, is there in, in Robinson. And he wasn't a name I'd even thought of mm-hmm. before he got mentioned on on Monday. But now that he's he's here, I think there's there's a lot of a lot of potential for it to go right. And that's not what I was expecting with some of the names that were floated over the weekend. No, as soon as that Scott Brown thing came up, uh, I'll admit I shat my pants. I was like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> oh, no. And then um, when Stephen Naismith, and you're like, fuck, this isn't... And then... As um, Andrew mentioned there, we're sitting like you're going, if it's out of them two, you, you go, right, Stephen Naismith, and then you start in your head convincing yourself, well, he was part of the Scotland setup, and he has been the youth coach at Hearts, and, you know, he did play at Everton, and he, he, all these cats for Scotland, so, you know, what I mean? and then as soon as Stephen Robinson appeared, you're like, ah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, like, I don't really, I don't deny either of those 
players kind of their footballing credentials and I'm sure they will go on to make uh, very good managers if that's the path they want to go down but my worry was that we were kind of underselling ourselves by bringing in somebody who kind of wants to have a go and it's just it's just we someone just give them that job they can see see what they can do so yeah I'm really glad that we've kind of we've backed ourselves and it's just it's very strange just being this discontent with a uh, with a signing there's kind of a a palpable sense of disappointment in the fan base because we've got nothing to moan about for a wee bit. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure we'll find something soon when when uh, old Obstruct Gamer gets on his LinkedIn again. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, this feels quite a positive, it's been a very positive day, which is, is odd. It felt a lot like the like Kenny Miller getting the Livy job. Yeah. Over the, the weekend, you, you, you were so aware that they were just being trotted out to be someone's, to be his apprenticeship. And if you know, it obviously didn't work, and you now know it's because Martindale wasn't really an assistant in, in reality. But since then, Kenny Miller's gone over and been an assistant manager in Australia, and he's now back here doing open goal. Mm. Like, I, I think it can very easily go that way. A, a big name and big experience doesn't, even if that person's someone that's been seen as a dressing room leader, it doesn't necessarily translate. And, and I think mm. what you were saying was, was right, Andrew. I, I've I wanted us to hire someone with experience, but I'd certainly talked myself into, right, I'd rather we weren't hiring someone that didn't have any, but I would almost rather have had Brown or Naismith than about 90% of the names that were that were linked with us because of who's available just now. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think that the pool that we normally swim in is who's recently been binned out of a job but isn't a total write-off, or who has a bit of a connection to the club or a growing reputation and is at a club in Scotland that's part-time and you can convince to move for less than you would have paid for Doug Emery. Mm. And I think this is the first time that, that I know of where we've decided actually, and maybe it was motivated by what we were seeing in the market over the weekend, the first time we've gone, right, who do we want, who can we afford, and let's pay the absolute maximum we can afford to to bring them in. And it's someone who's in a job, who's doing, although they're not having a great season, the fact that he got them to that position mm-hmm. deserves a lot of credit and we've gone out and gone, right, he's the guy. He's got the experience we want. And we've, we've said, uh, honestly, if, if you take people who don't have the experience out, we were staring down the barrel of hiring like Jim McIntyre mm-hmm. or so- Derek Adams or whatever, <clears throat> just all these toxic no-hopers mm-hmm. with awful CVs that you're just, you're just putting yourself up there to have them for 18 months and hope you don't get relegated. Mm-hmm. I did think, um, oh shit, I've totally lost my train of thought there. I thought the, the name Jim McIntyre and Derek Adams has just completely thrown me off because nobody really wants to think about them. But I did laugh at uh, Morecambe fans are all wanting Derek Adams in. <laughs> when, you go through, when you go through those tweets, it's just that announce Adams, announce Adams. Yeah, so some of the names like really did give you the fear. Like Even like, see when Paul Lambert started getting, like, Paul Lambert, I don't think it's done much. Like, I think, did he have like a really good spell at Colchester? And then he went to like Norwich. He was the Colchester manager and they turned Norwich over 7-1 and then that Norwich hired him like the week after. Yeah. Mm. And then he got... And they put that Norwich team, I, I, from what I remember, played really good football and, and kind of rose up. The, that's when they started to rise up the divisions again and, and kind of push on. But I don't think it ended well and I don't think he's done anything since. He was you know, at Ipswich or something before and they were... Dog, mate. Yeah, Aston Villa, he, he was rotten with, and 
Even even his spell in Scotland was it Livingston he was manager of? He didn't. That was his one of his first yeah. jobs way back when, and he he was an absolute right off. I think he mm-hmm. kind of got laughed out. So it's crazy that he like he'll still get jotted out for these jobs, but that's the kind of managers that people were bringing up. It was just like, yeah, anyone with a like Mark was saying, anyone with a any connection to the club, like I saw Stephen McGarry's name as well, um, which obviously an absolute legend, but. Was it not for his connection to the club? I don't know if he'd necessarily be mentioned in the, the job. Amount of, um, the amount of people who were spitting feathers about Scott Brown and Stephen Naismith not having enough experience to even be linked with the job and Stephen McGarry being linked with the job off the back of a spell as the assistant manager for a team in a league with no relegation mm-hmm. and the fact he runs a youth club, like... There's no disrespect for me. Sorry, there's no disrespect for me towards Stephen McGarry at all. I think, by all indications, doing a great job, very popular. The, the level in Australia is better than I think a lot of us think it is. But mm-hmm. put, put yourself in like if, if he was in Wales, right? If he was if he was the the new Saints assistant manager, and because he played up here, would, would people really be shouting on the back of his experience to get him up the road and? And get him in. I, th- I think that one was was wishful thinking from people who want him back as opposed to back him. Absolutely mental from himself as well. If he wanted to leave Australia to come back here, like, yeah. Madness. And um, and again, yeah, I wouldn't have took him as manager. I mean, that's me even saying of when I was in Australia, he got me comp comp tickets for Alessandro Del Piero's uh, game from Sydney against Perth Glory, which was like what am I? Um, Del Piero's 500th league appearance of all time kind of thing and uh, yeah it was a very frustrating game to watch and I really didn't like the experience because Australian people do or see when we make fun of Americans watching soccer oh Australians are worse <laughs> so I mean uh, Stephen McGarry and Alessandro Del Piero in the same sentence has just blown eight year old me's mind so I might need to just take a wee minute that's incredible <laughs> do, do, do you want me to blow your mind even more he might go on um, sorry sorry <laughs> see, see like um I've got like IPTV and my girlfriend's Italian, so she watches Italian TV. See the amount of like ex-footballers that appear in adverts, including Alessandro Del, P- P- Del Piero appears in a water advert with a singing animated bird. <laughs> What's with us? And, uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're missing out on here. <laughs> Zlatan's the voice of Sky and Totti and his wife are in an advert for something. I can't remember. Washing powder or some shit like that. But... <laughs> But we need John Spencer and Craig Burley to show up here in adverts for cereal. <laughs> yeah, we need more ex-Scottish footballers just in adverts, just randomly, like fucking Highland Spring with Ross Tokley or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, like we we should mention the fact that Goodwin has now officially left because I think we were just talking about it slightly in the yeah. last podcast. It wasn't official yet. Um, I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't really released a statement or anything that said like uh, about his time at St Mern. I know he did kind of was then forced to on a, like, an interview question where he said yeah. um, I was kind of disappointed in that and also Aberdeen absolutely teasing us with that amazing slow motion video of him as he arrived in that suit <laughs> I felt very it, sad he had that one answer where it, as you're saying Jimmy I think he was pitch side and he went oh you know it was tough to mm-hmm to leave there and I've, I've got a great connection to the club and a lot of great memories and all that and then nothing else he said it was his dream to manage a team like Aberdeen like fuck off yeah this is it's his, it was his dream to manage a team like Aberdeen next 
and now we'll be having dreams about managing a team which is the next level up, which is, I, I don't know. Celtic, that's, Sheffield, that's his aim, isn't it? Sheffield Wednesday. Bristol City. <laughs> Morecambe. Morecambe, yeah. <laughs> they look for a manager. <laughs> and then we'll come in and rip the, the release fee and get him back in. Yeah. So um, I, it was good to see a, a team under Jim Goodwin take a take a lead, not really do anything, get sucker punched, draw and get sent back home down the road and for it not to be us that was yeah. that was enjoyable and earlier, earlier when I lost my train I thought I just remembered what it was and I was going to say the fact that um, uh, we got £250,000 for Goodwin and we only spent 100000 of that bringing in Robinson it still puts another extra £150,000 into the club coffers obviously that won't all go to playing budget there'll be elsewhere where that'll get like, allocated and stuff but it, it showed like how like Smyrna have never been this good at business once, um, once our, our overlords have taken 120 grand out of that for new carpets and wallpaper, it still leaves enough money for us to pay someone like £700 a week for the rest of the year. So it's a big bonus. Notice how I said our overlords yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and warded off any potential legal challenge. Shank, it'll be. Do we, do we go to Patoja again before the split? We don't, do we? I think we've been to Patoja twice this year. Aye. So the only way we'll get them again is if we're in the same half of the table. Which, Which we won't be, because... Is an if. <laughs> yeah, they'll be, they'll be playing Dundee and Livy and, and County. And we'll be We'll be looking out our passports. We'll be at Parkers. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't get Europe, like, oh, I'd be so happy if Aberdeen finished in the bottom six and we get a European <laughs> spot. It would be... It would be tremendous and um how, uh, how long do we need to wait with Aberdeen not winning games before we start calling him Jim Glasswin <laughs> uh, speaking of ex-managers I saw Jack Ross was being another sneak again where the fact was um we went for him there was rumours I heard some rumours that he actually was interested and then decided nah didn't want it again I don't think he was ever interested. Yeah, he's a snake though, isn't he? Just... I think he flashed a bit of a bit of scar. Mm-hmm. We we came running. His agent probably briefed that you know he was he was willing to be approached. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was ever going to happen. Aye, surely he's he's holding out for a job down south, isn't it, surely? I can't imagine. Him is he he's still in Northumberland? Is it? So that would have been a that have been a commute and a half. So I, I didn't realise he was still staying down there. I think I, I think he might have been when he was at Hibs as well. Maybe I've read something wrong, but he's probably he still was... getting paid off by Sunderland. Yeah, I heard that he's still getting paid off by Hibs. I don't. This, like... this was on Twitter. Like, I went, take that with a pinch of salt. Like, there was a lot that could have been from the same person that was talking <laughs> shit about the kibble. I know. Um... Is he? Is he the new Davy Moyes? Is he just still like in new jobs and still <laughs> within the years of other contracts, Aye. just living off past glories? That Sunderland Netflix money. <laughs> <laughs> he gets residuals every time someone comes in drunk and puts it back on for a laugh. <laughs> Just for that theme song. Absolute belter. Jenky ever wakes up at four in the morning in a cold sweat thinking of conversations he had with Charlie Methvin about the <laughs> about the sound system. <laughs> God. Is there a new season that coming soon? I hope so. Oh, I hope so. I think with them. Um, I think with Ross, I, I, I definitely I opened myself back up to the possibility of him getting back in, and, and I was never, 
and never among the most vitriolic kind of snake you, you callers went, when it came to Ross anyway but you went down and watched him I'm like, so done now yeah, well, it was a day out, wasn't it? It's a coincidence, I just happened to be in the area. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, when, when all those names were getting tossed about, that's when I was like, fuck, right, I'm willing to forgive Jack Ross. Like, had him yeah, in there was a point, there was a point in which he was the, the best candidate by far, and I was thinking, well, we're going to have to delete a lot of tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would have taken in a heartbeat, but... Um, yeah, whether it was just kind of tabloid uh, shite rather than anything, any real chance of it happening, because um, obviously if it's him that rejected us rather than the other way around, so uh, I, I'm sure he'll sure get himself another job down south uh, soon enough. That's a good uh, reminder, Andrew. Cheers. I'm going to go search my Twitter account and Robinson <laughs> <laughs> and see if there's anything that I should be taking away. But the, the worry is you referred to him as something else, isn't it? Some, some pun. So yeah, I'll, I'll have to have a wee think. PTF blog and handsome. Yeah. <laughs> at PTF blog and grey Northern Irish <laughs> Lanark based Bobag. <laughs> uh, before we move on, um, I, I will mention that Sam did ask us to include that he thinks Robinson is a better human being and manager than Goodwin. So. I think in many ways it is an, it could be seen an upgrade on Goodwin to be honest uh, I think uh, you were kind of you were talking about his first season um, at Motherwell Mark and I think they're very similar managers where they've they've spent their first period of time at the club kind of consolidating and making them hard to beat and I think Robinson will make Curtis Main a 30 goal a year uh, striker now so let's just wait for that <laughs> he did sign him at Motherwell yeah so, did so he sell him as well or did was that after his time oh, see if he see if he's bought him and sold him that's like great because like oh, I think disappointingly Main signed a pre-contract oh. at, uh, at Aberdeen disappointed but I'm sure that was why he was there I'm sure he came in and he had one or two good seasons mm-hmm. and then took the took the move Final turn, uh, Charles Dunn into a 30 goal a season striker. Then. I find that more believable. <laughs> as long as we get a rap, that's all I care about. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It definitely did sell on more than just that. Sorry, Jimmy. It definitely did sell on more than just Turnbull. I'm, I'm sure Kipri went for. Yeah, he went for a million. For reasonable money. Yeah. Yeah. So you would hope that even just that kind of attitude, it very much seems like someone who has his guys. You know, he, he knows who he can depend on. He, he, he did a bit of the, the kind of John Hughes at Wraith when he was coming to the end of his time at Motherwell and torched torched a lot of guys he'd signed that year mm-hmm. and said, you know, we're, we're a team that are, are battling. I, I saved the quote somewhere. I said, we're a team that are battling just now, but we've maybe only got seven or eight players in that first team squad who are giving everything for the shot. So I think he's a guy who very quickly will work out who properly runs themselves into the ground for him and I'm not going to name any players in our current squad who I would expect to fall foul of that mm-hmm. but we might be looking for a new left-footed central midfielder at some point <laughs> based purely on, on attitude and how Robinson seems to to manage but I think once you've got that then you know you'll trust those guys and you'll push them on you'll convince them to sign longer term deals because they're his guys and if mm-hmm. they, they do well enough then he's not too proud to sell them and try and use the money to do something else so all of these are. I don't want to ignore the negatives. There's, there's the same chance he, he can, you know, he disenfranchises other guys who could have done something. 
you know, it's not a guarantee that it's going to work. But I think there's there's a lot of positives there that we maybe haven't had with with other managers recently. Uh, it'd be interesting to see as well. Obviously, um, we've got Jack Anik uh, out of contract in the summer, and Aberdeen's Jack Anik. Yeah, which yeah. I think we're all pretty aware that that's the outcome that's going to happen. Has to be. Uh, Robinson actually signed Mark Gillespie and obviously Gillespie's now at Newcastle is like their number three choice goalkeeper but with what's happening at Newcastle the thing he might be getting put down that pecking order again possible loan move until his contract's out he's picking up a big wage packet that I'm sure Newcastle would be happy to absorb because in the scale of Newcastle it's a small wage packet mm-hmm. that could be a choice of a goalkeeper coming <clears> back <throat> I wouldn't mind Gillespie Um if he was to use those links of players that he's had before. Would he have been the one that signed um, Carson as well then? Oh, that's a good point. Because if it, that's certainly a pedigree of, of sourcing and then attracting good goalkeepers, mm-hmm. which, again, we've been very lucky with Goodwin and, and, um, and I guess, Cooney before that we've been able to, to bring good keepers in and, and hold on to them. So Although I we've am, got someone that can do the same. I'm under the belief that... Um, Neither of them were to do with the goalkeepers, and it was actually more from Jamie Langfield. So it's good to see if Jamie Langfield's still at the club that he can still keep that recruitment. Because I know he was the p- person who alerted Kearney to, or the club at least, to Ladke. And mm-hmm. right. um, I would like to think that means he was probably involved in scouting and getting Anakin. Yeah. So if he. So happy that Langfield's staying. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. It's, How much fun was it seeing him on Saturday in Levy? Just. Just, just buzzing. It's sacking you. Mm-hmm. So he put on a uh, Twitter earlier today that he's retired with a one hundred percent no loss record. Yeah, yeah. In management, is that's fantastic. Do you see the terrace tweet? The picture of him as well with the the pigeon. <laughs> the pigeon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we will move on from the managerial chat, and we'll be back after this. Hi, I'm Eamon Both of you are listening to Misery Hunters podcast. Thanks, Eamon and while we'll talk about him very soon, we would need to talk about the match that uh, Jamie Langfield actually managed and um, got as a, a one-each result. We did say in the previous podcast that we would happily take a point at Livingston. It's a hard place to go to. Um, I was working and couldn't find a stream to watch it. Mark was in a travel jet lag haze of fart. Um, I was on another planet. <laughs> so we'll go to our match correspondent. <laughs> Andrew Christie. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, you have to kind of start any chat about a game in Livingston, you have to kind of roll out all the usual cliches of it being just a hard place to go. Football doesn't really happen in the same way anywhere else in the world as it does in Livy. And um, one each. Beforehand, with the disruption that happened during the week, a one each draw, I would have probably taken beforehand. And coupled with the fact that we, I don't think we played well at all, I would have to put it down as a pretty good good afternoon. And um, I guess playing shite and getting a draw is better than playing well and losing, but not quite as good as playing well and winning. But I've tied myself in a knot with that amazing analogy there. But um, yeah, just we kind of toiled a bit and uh, just never really got going and. I was actually quite impressed with Livingston, particularly um, Nubley and Devlin on their right seemed to give us a lot of trouble. I think um, while Jordan Jones wasn't brought in for his, his defensive work, um, 
I think he was kind of cut out a few times, and particularly for the goal as well. That came from uh, Nubley and Devlin kind of getting the better of them on the on our left. And uh, I think in the end, the ball ricochets off Anderson's elbow or something. It was a, a, a kind of scrappy, just lucky goal to uh, concede. But you can't really say that they weren't good for it at that point. Uh, I think it, one thing it was quite. I was happy to see Scott Tanzer come back. Um, in the past, I've been quite. Uh, kind of critical of his sort of quantity over quality approach to crossing the ball, but we did look a lot more exciting when he came on, a lot more inventive. Um, Tate, Richard Tate's obviously been been very good back in that, that left-back role, but it gives us that option for Tanzer and Ronan to play. Um, I think there's a lot of defences in the league that will really struggle against Jones and Tanzer when they're both kind of on song. And um, yeah, the, the goal... Again, comes from a couple of scrappy mistakes, and Kilty does well to kind of bundle it in. And again, there's not a lot to talk about the football wise. I think, well, again, it's something we always talk about. But Willie Collum was again just just on one. He was just very, very keen to make the day about Willie Collum, and uh, we don't really want to get into the usual sort of Willie bashing. As it were, but it was just it was terrible. You could see um we were where we were sat, we were just kinda on the um just on the halfway line pretty much. And there was so many times where there was a foul and you'd see him running towards these linesmen with these terrified eyes, just trying hoping his linemen were gonna bail him out because he's like, I don't have a clue what just happened. And um so Charles Dunn's red card, for example, is a, a great um example of that where I think his challenge on Bruce Anderson in earlier on in the game. I think, was he to get a red for that? I don't think we could kind of complain too much. It was maybe on the hard side, but he does sort of stiff arm Anderson in the jaw. So you kind of think, Colm had that in his mind. And as soon as, was it Soto, um, kind of threw himself down with very, very minimal contact from Dunn. Uh, Colm just, he was in his pocket straight away, just just making up as he goes along. And um, I don't think his refereeing kind of benefited any team more than the other. It was more a case of just stopping football from happening, really. And um, yeah, it's just one of those ones. We're really happy to get the road to a point. And um, we said last week, four points from Saturday and tomorrow in Dundee would be a, a pretty successful week. So I think keeping that winning, that unbeaten run going while managerless on Saturday would do a lot for the confidence and with the kind of the new the bounce of the new manager and that kind of general good feeling around the place. Hopefully, we can build on that and get get something from tomorrow because it's a it's a big opportunity. To, I think if we we go a point a point off four no a point off fourth now we go two points clear and fourth. So mm-hmm. it's a massive opportunity to kind of put that that marker down in the top half. And um, I I know our record against Dundee's not great this season. The the game we played against them at the error bit is as bad as we've been for a long, long time. And obviously the the opening day of the season was a two-way straw, I think. You kind of hope the mistakes we, we made in that the first game in that 3-5-2 will be fixed by this new formation and the way we're playing under that. So I hopefully we can get something from tomorrow and kind of start looking at the table and, yeah, just pick out where we want to go in Europe, basically. <laughs> I think um, I can only go by what I've read and the stats I've seen and the highlights I've watched, but it looked like it looked like David Martindale had every right to be annoyed 
at the at the end of that one. I think if I was a Levy fan, and and thank God I'm not, I would be. That would have been a game that had got away. I would have come away from that annoyed at what I'd watched, and thinking I hope that's not two points that we need later in the season. Whereas I think we are probably looking at it as we could well have just walked away with nothing. Yeah, it's, a, ga- it's a game we've seen from the other side countless times over the past couple of yeah. seasons. So yeah, absolutely. and it's a bonus. It's almost a bonus point when you've played like that. Yeah, and got it back and, and putting all the uncertainty as well about Goodwin and, and all the rest of it the fact we're still playing regardless of how well Alex Greve has done and, and played above expectations we're playing without any of the kind of recognised full-time professional strikers at the club that we had prior to prior to Christmas and, and everything else a point's no bad thing even if even if we maybe didn't fully deserve it um, when you look at the, the game on balance I think um, having briefly watched the the two incidents with Dunn, um, I, I think the first one you could certainly, as you were saying, Andrew make a very good case for that being a red card. I think it it's not as if he's gone and taken him out with the point of his elbow, or he's you know he's he's thrown one out. He's not Ben Thatcher them into the into the advertising hoardings or anything like that. But he knows what he's doing. It's a stiff arm. It definitely makes contact with his jaw. I think. McFadden on sports scene said he's you can see his jaw swing um when he when he makes contact with him in the replay. I think he's he's that could have gone the other way and you couldn't have really complained. The one he's been sent off for is an absolute farce. Um you can see maybe from some angles how it looks much worse than it is. He's definitely thrown his arm back, but he's thrown his elbow back in front of um who is it? He he, he touched again. So yeah. he throws it back and his elbow passes like in front of his face and it's almost as if on the way past he just kind of jazz hands him. Yeah, just his kinda... eyes are also never off the ball as well, which, yeah, yeah it's just that I think it's a pretty bizarre... Uh, it almost looks like a stage punch, you know, that way where you like, from a certain angle, you throw that punch like three centimetres in front of someone's face and they clap as it goes past and it's like perfectly looks as if from one spot as if you've punched them I think from where Colm's standing or and that's been generous but certainly from where the camera is if you're not really paying attention it looks like he's absolutely mangled them yeah but I he's guess not Soto's reaction as well probably yeah. made it look maybe if, actually I don't I don't want to give Colm a way out <laughs> to be honest <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he, should, he should be wise to that he shouldn't go yeah. by a player's reaction to that kind of thing he needs to go by what he's actually seen, and he obviously didn't actually see an elbow there because it didn't happen. I think I think that kind of like you're not defending Colin there. Colin's that shit of a referee that if there's a benefit of doubt, he has to go go for it because he's that yeah. unsure himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just seen a player go down. He's the guy's arm was near his face and he's went down. He's probably missed it and just went, oh god, I've 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 I, I'm either made a big mistake here. I better just send them off because whatever. Yeah, I think that's what's happened, and yeah. So we're so you're not them at all. We're continuing on the as you said, yeah. Willie bashing. Willie bashing. It, it blows my mind that he is seen as the the kind of peak of our our referees mm-hmm. in this country. I don't think we're blessed with spectacularly good referees. You know, I, I don't. I think on balance, they're not great. But I recognise how tough a job it is to do. I'm I'm not I'm not a zealot about that kind of thing. Column is by no metric the best referee in our league. On in no 
respect in no regard. I don't understand how he's the one that gets European games and gets put up for internationals and, and all the rest of it because he is comfortably of the... If, if he's refereeing a week in the top flight of the six referees that are refereeing, he will be the worst. Mm-hmm. He's the one I least want to get. And that includes the new guys. That includes the guys that get touted up and you're like, I've not seen that guy's name before. He was definitely refereeing the juniors last week. They're better than Colin. You, you would think like... Uh, you always hear like maybe if referees were full time and stuff like that, but surely like just a, an independent sort of panel w- within the SFA that can watch their performances, give them a rating, and then to see if they're not doing well, put them down the leagues. Like obviously that's might be a bit unfair on them, but uh, on the teams down in those leagues. But it's the only way we're ever going to like because if a club comes out and says that refereeing performance wasn't good enough, like. Um, all of a sudden, we're we get any trouble for it. The referee gets away scot free. Like yeah. um, we're the ones with the fine, or like the manager comes out and says it, he'll get fined. Or like there's always a punishment for the club and not the referee. And if we start actually like saying, look, actually you weren't good enough, and you've dropped down almost like within a league table of referees with ratings and stuff like that, that's the the only way I think we'd ever improve it. I, I don't disagree with it. I, I, I think that there has to be something. It, it feels like for the last decade, he's been the one that you're supposed to be grateful to get because he's a FIFA accredited A star referee. You should be grateful for getting the cream of the crop to come and referee your game. And I haven't seen him have a good game that we've been involved in, or I've not seen him have a good game on the telly or whatever else. Mm-hmm. But it's not a certain point. I just don't think he's. Don't think he's good enough. I, I, I would almost rather, as long as the game wasn't against Rangers or someone like Rangers, such as Hearts, I would. I wouldn't mind having Andrew Dallas. Honestly, like mm-hmm. I would rather have Andrew Dallas as a referee over Willie Cole, with the caveat that that game can't include Rangers <laughs> or Hearts. Does that go or for John Beaton or just no John Beaton at all either? Brother Beaton can be Andrew Dallas's linesman. <laughs> uh, we will uh, move on to the, the game tomorrow night or tonight depends what time you're listening this in or the game that's just been um, get that to fuck <laughs> yeah Mark, Mark McGee back at Dundee um, well not really because sort of still <laughs> he'll be there <laughs> he'll, be in the he'll be as close to the game as I will <laughs> I just hope someone in the stands sitting near him gets the phone out <laughs> just starts recording yeah like red, red films on his stupid right? desktop computer. <laughs> uh, that this is a I, I see a six pointer of our season. That this is where this is a game that will define I think our season if we if we're actually going to challenge for a European spot or top six yeah. spot at, at the very least, or whether we're going to you know just float about there and be like oh, we nearly done it again kind of thing. I mean, like I want us to be the top six because then we can get those. Tony says top six t-shirts back on the website. <laughs> I think and, and we're, we're we're close enough now to happen that we could start to sell them. I don't know. People bought them last time and then we did. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least these people could get some usage out of those t-shirts as well. Um, but we've got Eamon Brophy back. Obviously, I don't think he goes straight into that team. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. even if he was 100% fit, you wouldn't put him straight in because Alex Green's been doing so well. But you're going to say he's just back from injury. He's only had... Well, one day training, probably train a wee bit tomorrow morning as well. Like um, he's not. Going to, I see him maybe coming off the bench after Greaves got his hat trick. 
that's that's only where we're drawing. Just to get Gravy's uh, standing ovation yeah. as he walks off the pitch after scoring his goal. Yeah, and then it's just on aiming to see how many he can score in the time he's got. <laughs> I want him to. But I think. Yeah, bringing Eamon Brophy on kind of maybe 70 minutes and with the way that Greve plays, uh, the Dundee United centre-backs, so they're not they're not the most mobile. Uh, they'll know the... Sorry, Dundee. I saw I saw Mark's face there. Dundee centre-backs. Uh, you get a most, job for Sky Sports. I know, yeah. Hearts badge after and everything. Uh, the, the Dundee centre-backs, they're not the most mobile. Um, the way that Greve plays, they'll know they've been in a game... Uh, and bringing Brophy on sentiments and just to stretch that, I think that would be a, a good avenue for to to kind of go down. But hopefully, by that point, the game will be it will be moot. The game will be out of sight, and it will just be a case of racking up the goals. But yeah, you never know. There was a few things that that really frustrated me the last time. You know, when we, we played Dundee at ours, and one was playing against two plodder centre-halves and just launching the ball at him mm-hmm. repeatedly and expecting expecting a smallish striker to get change out of that. It's just never going to happen. So I would hope that the way we've been playing and what Robinson will have been made aware of already is that that's, that's not our strength. And it's certainly Dundee's weakness that we should be getting grieving in behind them. We should be using Jones to tie them in knots and, the fact and to get in behind yeah. and, and do that. The fact we've got Jones... And you know, Kelty's on the like we're seeing how good a player he actually can be mm-hmm. for us at the moment. Um, like it would be one of the most ridiculous decisions to just start punting the ball and bypassing that. Um yeah. I know it'd be very similar if we did, but I'm hoping that we don't. Um Grieve, uh, you know he, he's gonna come in, you know what he's gonna do, and he's gonna draw those fouls off the Dundee defenders. He'll draw off the Dundee midfield as well. You know he's just going to get in about it. He's going to wind folk up. He's going to win three yeah. kicks, and then we're, we just have to kind of make sure we take advantage of that. Um, but like this game, like I, I am confident, but I do still have that slight oh shit. <laughs> yeah. The, the other thing that annoyed me when we played them, which is where I think we would be in trouble earlier in the season, is that they got so much space just outside of our box, where they're frankly a mobile creative unit mm-hmm. of Adam and McGowan and, and whoever else that is that, that gets that gets called up to play obviously their front line's a bit different than the last time we were speaking about them they, they were given so much space when they were doing nothing to earn it you're not going to get that off a team that's got Gogic and power in there holding their line and, and just being kind of flat track bullies you would hope against who they're up against I think Adam's also out for this one as well mm-hmm. um, which I think honestly if you play correctly against them I think it's a hindrance um, I'd rather I'd rather a slow bold Charlie Adam was in there being very bold and slow um, I think as well particularly in the first game at, uh, at Dens they seemed to get a bit of luck in the wide areas as well I remember I think it was maybe their second goal where it was Jay Henderson get caught out um, can I know criticism of him that's not he's not that's not the player he is but um yeah, you kind of hope that the new system we're playing yeah. with the four at the back will stop that and it'll just be a case of Gorgich and Power mopping up what does come their way through the middle. And then, mm. yeah, it's, it's weird going into a game confident as a Simon fan because we've been around long enough to know that that doesn't always end well. But <laughs> you'd think we should have enough to kind of see it over the line. But um, yeah, it's definitely a game game there for the taking. So it's just a case of how 
how we, we kind of stand up to it. Ideal situation for me would be the fact that I have triple captain Greg Kilty on this double game week. He's already got me a lot of points for that goal. Um, for him to assist Alex Grieve on his hat-trick, all three of them. Uh, Alex Grieve to celebrate up at this, um run over to the, the dugout. Someone throws him an electric shaver and he just runs over to Paul McGowan, puts that fucking hair out of his misery. There's some nailed short back in Graves. That would be a, a very merry cinchmas. Um, <laughs> Look, speaking of somebody who doesn't have any hair anymore, you hang on to it as long as you can. I, I don't. I, I'm, I understand where he's coming from. The, the poor I, guy. I give you enough credit, Andrew, that if you had a hair island like Paul McGowan, just <laughs> sitting out there adrift, that you wouldn't be back combing it. I, th- I think yeah. Craig or other resident baldy. Um, I think <laughs> he would have a hair island if he let it grow. Maybe we should. But he doesn't. That's the. Aye, but he that's the point. So he deserves credit for that. And also, just in case you think I'm being in any way discriminatory, Charlie Adam, Adam's also fat, and I'm fat, so it's <laughs> fine. Like we can we can talk about all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we've also got Hearts at the weekend. Uh, another tough match. Naismith boys. Naismith boys. It would be glorious to go on and win that as well. Just so it would because they've they've not they've not looked great the past couple of games. But I read uh, yesterday that um, Gordon, Halkett, and Boyce are all likely to come back on Saturday, which mm. does kind of give me the fear a wee bit. Um, yeah. But I we've, so we've got them quick, twice in fairly quick succession with the, the quarterfinal of the cup coming up at the start of yeah. March. So, what would you rather win this game or the cup? Cup. Cup, yeah. Um, Saturday night in Gorgie. Games against teams already in the top six aren't going to decide whether or not we get in the top six. Mm. I mean, but it would still be nice. If we, if we, right, if we win tomorrow and then we beat Hearts, we wouldn't be that far behind them. We'd be four points behind them in third place. Jamie. If I, if I jinxed it. Nah. Jamie. <laughs> You've not jinxed unless you put on a t shirt. Uh, uh, there's no t shirts, don't worry. Uh. <laughs> Tony says, Viva Europe. <laughs> well, at the, at the start of the year, I said to my, my Hearts uh, fan pal, uh, shout out Neil, that um, someone would finish above Hearts in the in the league. So we could just get that message printed on a t shirt when we finally do and just put Neil's face next to it. And I don't know. I know I've not been here long enough to start one. suggesting t shirts, but. I'd buy one. <laughs> you said shout if you, out. Are if you, you were telling me Hearts fans listen to this podcast? Uh, nah, you're right now. <laughs> if we were to make that t shirt and you were to buy one, it would put it on par for sales with some of our other t shirts. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, um, anyone else want to touch on anything of them before? No. I think that's it. Cool. I'll go back to a game at some point. Right. Europe, here we come. <laughs> I will mention um, we don't want you to listen to other podcasts, but we are appearing on a couple in the, within the next weeks or so. Um, Sam, uh, who obviously hasn't been here or the last one, he will be going on. Is it the Football Daft podcast? Yeah, uh, and Shell Bob. Bob and Chris Toll. 
Um, and uh, me and Mark will be appearing on a couple of the Terrace podcasts, but I think they're Patreon, so you, you need to pay to listen to us. But I mean, it's worth it. Sam, will, um, Sam drops his knickers for anyone that asks where his ancestor only appearing on podcasts other than this that are behind paywalls. Don't worry, guys, I'll, I'll give you my, my password. Don't worry, I'll get you there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping the guys for the terrorists don't listen to this, but I used to, like, I was a Patreon and I used to download it and send it to Craig, so. <laughs> You're talking I'm yourself like that still podcast a Patreon. <laughs> I paid a fiver to listen to myself talk last time, so hopefully that hasn't expired by the time this next one rolls around. <laughs> Uh, miseryhunters.co.uk you will find Andrew's blog on there it's always worth uh, I was going to say listening to but reading yeah, there's one incoming this week uh, if I, which may or may not be written in the car on the way back from Dundee tomorrow night so I just know that that it was how I suffered through extreme travel sickness to get this blog to you <laughs> stay tuned for a blog title that's better than the title that this podcast gets <laughs> <laughs> And um, you can also buy our merch on there. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. We do have a new t-shirt to getting designed in the making. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing for that t-shirt. Buzzing, mate. Um, and, oh, I may as well plug myself on this as well. Paisleycraftbeer.com. Get on it. Click and collects. Great beer on there. You won't find it in any other shop in Paisley. And... It, it pains me to say this but I'm going to say it anyway fuck Jim Goodwin fuck Jack Ross fuck Reading interim coach Alex Ray <laughs> <laughs> we're finally rid of him for a bit Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.